A mosquito buzzes, a frog croaks, smoke rises from a crackling fire. Camping season. Welcome to the Nature of Phenology, where we share the cycles and seasons of the outdoors. I'm your host, Hazel Stark, and this episode was written by Joe Horn. While I have some naturalist friends whose passion for bugs edges into fanaticism, I am not one of those people. Not that I take any real objection to insects, spiders, arthropods, and annelids, I just prefer that I give them their space and they allow me to have mine. I appreciate everything they do in the world, yes, even the ecosystem services provided by blackflies and mosquitoes. I just don't feel excited, like my bug fanatic friends, about doing things like swooning over a spider like it's a puppy and watching it climb up their arm. I also feel no need to nibble on an ant, even if, as my friend in Wyoming assured me, It tastes like lemonade. No, I'd rather just have a glass of lemonade and appreciate the intricate lacing of a black and yellow garden spider's web from a respectful few feet away. All that said, there are a few groups of bugs that even make me a little tender-hearted. One such group is the impossibly lovely group of delicate insects called mayflies, some species of which are right now emerging from freshwater as flying adults. I feel a bit apprehensive about dedicating a mere 700 words to the topic of mayflies. With 2,000 species of mayflies, this topic is almost four times as broad as if I were to dedicate this episode to conifers with their 650 species. But I digress. Mayflies are aquatic insects belonging to the scientific order of Ephemeroptera. They are insects of fresh water, and while they are most often seen as elegant winged adults, They spend most of their lives in their nymph stage, crawling along the bottom of these water bodies, feeding on decomposing leaves and vegetation. When they are sufficiently mature, they blow an air bubble onto their abdomen and rise to the water's surface to emerge as a subadult or dun, with a stocky body and thick gray wings. Shortly after their emergence, they will molt a second time to become a spinner with elegant long transparent wings and two or three tails often longer than their bodies. They are often brightly colored, have an upward arching posture, and their front legs are daintily poised in front of them. As both duns and spinners, mayflies have no mouthparts or digestive systems because they exist just long enough to reproduce and die. This fleeting existence is why the name of the mayfly group is Ephemeroptera, derived from ephemeral or short-lasting. Identifying mayflies down to the species can be a real trick. This task often requires a hand lens or even a microscope to count hairs, measure thicknesses, etc. So for the naturalist observer or angler trying to mimic them to catch fish, we generally ignore species and rather group these insects into broader categories, like genera, and apply whimsical names to them. Take, for instance, the blue-winged olives, so named for their bluish-gray wings and olive bodies. This group is one of the most prolific across North America, and is comprised of dozens of different species. For most purposes, these groupings are more than sufficient, and their names often roll off the tongue like magical incantations. Green drakes, coffin flies, hex, march brown, light cahill, gray fox, sulfurs, quill gordons, pale morning duns, and eastern gray drakes, to name a few. Mayflies are common in just about all of our waterways throughout the year, and as such make up a huge portion of a trout's diet. As a result, the art of creating replicas of them out of fur, thread, and feathers, the handcraft of fly tying, has been the obsession of anglers since the craft's inception hundreds if not thousands of years ago, 
Some of these patterns are so accurate with their perfectly segmented bodies and elegantly spread tails that they might even fool their natural counterparts. So this weekend, you can head out to a freshwater ecosystem and look for these winged beauties. Checking at sunrise or sunset might allow you to witness a full hatch of mayflies. This month in Maine, the pinkish-brown Hendrickson's are usually prevalent. If you do find one, you can even carefully pick it up. They will often sit calmly on your hand, and lacking mouth parts, there is no possible way for them to bite. You can download this episode and find a link to the transcript, photos, information about podcasting, and more by visiting archives.weru.org. Theme music was by a pileated woodpecker, made available by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for another dive into the nature of phenology. (laughs) ¶¶